0: Hey um hey just a heads up just a heads up the world thinks we're very weird I don't know if you knew that or not and that's actually an affirming thing that they think that one of my favorite quotes by Francis Chan is if your life makes sense to an unbeliever then something is wrong Paul was kind of the first one to coin that here's what he says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are folly to him. Guys, what we've been spending this whole semester on is complete foolishness to those who have no spiritual life. To the rest of the world, they hear about our, our boundaries and the saving sex for marriage, and they, they make fun of it all the day long, and it's just stupid. The things we're talking about, the heart, and it lacks discretion, and we're made for relationships, and, and we're supposed to be relational. It's just silly. It's just stupid. It's folly to those who don't have spiritual ears. He goes on to say, And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually Discerned. I ran across this uh, the other day, and it's it's humorous. And it's just a small illustration of how the world views us. Those who would take the time to want to really look and see what God's Word has to say about these topics and, and do them well because we really do believe that God is creator and we answer to him. This is what they think of us. It is leaving room for the Holy Spirit when you dance. Check it, Christian Rock, a couple of home notes there. Isn't that great? Christian Rock is right here. Uh, when in doubt, stay at least one Bible length away. But my question is, wait, is that like an abridged study Bible, or is that a pocket-sized Bible? Because that makes a difference, okay? Insert Holy Spirit here. But, I mean, it's kind of funny, you know, isn't it? I mean, but that's just kind of a slight insight into what our culture thinks of us. Now, listen, we established at the beginning of this series that the Bible doesn't directly speak into our modern concept of dating. It just doesn't because it's kind of a modern human invention that we kind of made a couple of hundred years ago going, oh, wait, arranged marriage and we can like, yeah, yeah, we're going to call the shots. So the Bible doesn't speak directly into this modern thing, but it does speak directly into our lives which might contain dating, which contains these other things. Uh, You know, Peter, as he's writing, he's going, hey, basically, in Christ, you have all that you need for godliness, not just eternal life, but but in this book, in Christ and in this book, you have everything that you need to live a God-honoring life. And that includes dating. That includes exactly where you're at in high school right now. Um, So it's very important that you understand that. So here's what we're going to do tonight. And um, it's actually kind of a little different than than what you normally get from me. Uh, But I think it'll be fun. What we're going to do tonight is talk about the rules of dating. You're going, what? We're not rules people. It's like grace, 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 grace. What are you talking about? I mean, it shouldn't surprise you that dating has rules, right? Everything has rules. Board games have rules. War has rules. Your bank has rules. Your work has rules. School has rules. Your parents have rules. Dating has rules. Um, Your thoughts of these things or your actions of these things, even right now, reflect that you're following rules, whether you know it or not. Whether you think you're following rules, if you're in a relationship, whether you think you are or not, um, you have them, and you're abiding by them. I mean, there are unwritten cultural rules that you follow, and there are some rules in here. Now, I think we do a pretty decent job around here of explaining to you what this book is, how it's not just a rule book. You know, a lot of people, if you say, what's the Bible? Oh, it tells you how to live. You know, it's it's got rules. Well, it does. You know, but but the grander thing about it is it's it's a story. I mean, it's God revealing himself through this really cool, long story. And, yeah, there are some rules in there. So you've got to correctly understand that. Um, and so here's what I'm going to do tonight. I just It's going to be very simple. It's a quick compare and contrast, literally a side-by-side as to what are some of the rules of dating that our culture has created versus what does God's word say. So it's going to look like this. I mean, literally, it's just very easy. It's boom. Rule over here that the culture says, boom. Over there, what, is, what does the Bible say? So pretty easy. We're going to walk through that, talk about it a little bit. And, uh, and be done. So here's where we're going to land first. The first cultural dating rule is this. The external is everything. Here's what I mean by that. In this rule, um, the outside is everything. The outside is what matters. Uh, from how you look uh, to how you act uh, to first impressions, image is everything. Uh, for guys, if you're not like really slick, And, you know, romantic, Uh, you know what to say, when to say it, Uh, maybe you don't look a certain way, Um, you're not charming, you know, basically, like, you're just not Ryan Gosling. Um, You know, all of these things, if that's not you, then you're just, you know, you're kind of a misfit, you're kind of a loser, because the outside, I mean, you've got to have this kind of outside package together, Girls, for you, um, maybe if you don't have the body of a Kroger magazine, you know, aisle when you're checking out, if you don't have the body of a cover there, you're kind of on the outskirts. If you don't know how to be, like, real cutesy and, like, you know, kind of chick flick movie, like, you can really just flirt like a boss, just turn it on. If you don't have those elements, you know, you're kind of out. If you don't have the wardrobe of, like, every cast member of Gossip Girl, like, you know, you don't have it together. You're somehow out. All things external make or break the relationship. It's how, it's, it's how it begins. Uh, it's how it is sustained. That's just what it's about. It's about these external things. And not just looks. It could be a part of it. But these external things that makes or break it. And my question is, I mean, we know that's cultural rule number one. I mean, we just know that intrinsically. But my question is, what is does God's word agree with that? I don't think It does. Because if you know God's word at all, you would know that the heart, the inside, the heart is everything, not the external. So back that up. We look in the book of 1 Samuel. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. This is the exact opposite of how we think when it comes to relationships. This is the exact opposite of how our culture views what matters and what is important, what creates a thing, what sustains a thing. And so right off the bat, we have this very stark, clear, black and white. This is everything. We know that. You know you've felt those kind of pressures and those kind of burdens that, yep, the external means a ton. And yet God's Word says... God doesn't, he doesn't look at what you look at. His brain, it, he doesn't operate and work and judge and base off of what you people do. The heart is everything. So the second cultural rule, I told you we are going to move through these, is this. Um, it's not a big deal. Dating is not a big deal. Kind of hooking up with whoever is not a big deal. I mean, c- b- come on, quit overthinking it. You're a guy, she's a girl, um, Go. I mean, don't think about it. Just get involved. See where it leads. See what happens. And yet, if you understand dating to be what we've been talking about what it is, dating has to do with with the heart. Dating has to do with the heart. And so what does God's Word say? God's Word says anything that deals with the heart is a big deal. Why? Because above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. You see, dating is a big deal because it deals with the heart. The heart is the steering wheel of your life. It's why we do the things that we do. It's the real us. And anytime you start playing around with it and treating it um, like it's not a big deal, you're in great danger. Back to my car illustration. Anytime you begin just kind of screwing around with the car going, it's not a big deal, it can't hurt me, who really cares? It's dangerous. And such is true about this dating thing. And just to reiterate, I don't know, um, I I might be a poor communicator or you might have heard different things based off last week. You You have not heard me say yet in the five weeks that we've done that, That I'm anti-dating. You haven't heard me say that. You have not heard me say that you're too stupid and little and immature to handle a relationship. You haven't heard me say that. Trust me, I've listened to everyone to make sure I've I've not said anything close to that. You've heard me say that it's a big deal and you should handle it with great care. And I'll stand by that to to the deathbed. It is a big deal. I'm not saying no, 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 sin, 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 bad, 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 rule, rule, rule. But it is a big deal because it deals with the heart. And God's word takes the heart very, very seriously. Cultural rule number three is this. Um, Hey, get serious fast. Start to dating. You find the attraction thing. And then, I mean, let it take off. Get serious fast. Something is weird or wrong with you if you're not spending every waking minute with your significant other after a week. You're like, that's weird. Something is weird or wrong with you if you're not super touchy and super affectionate. You know, like, oh, my gosh, do they even like each other? You know, something's wrong or weird with you if that's not the case. Get really serious really fast, because love is a gamble, and, you know, just give your heart away. It's better to have your heart broken than to have never given it away ever, you know, just crap. Just, just get serious fast. It's weird if you don't. And yet, here's exactly what I think the Bible says, and we talked about it last week. Get serious uh, when you have a diamond. You're going, uh, where are you getting that from? I'm going to read Song of Solomon, verse uh, chapter 2, verse 7. It says this, Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Probably you've never heard this verse or read this verse. I don't know. You, shoot. In some of your homes, you might not be allowed to read Song of Solomon. I don't know. Go read it. It's in the Bible. You can do it. And you'll go like, ooh, I didn't know that. Hee, hee, hee. Go do it. When you get home, you'll laugh. Let me set up the context of what this verse, this is uh, written by, she, she's about to be married. This is a, she's about to be married and, uh, to Solomon. She's about to consummate her marriage to Solomon. And, and what she's doing is she's talking to like, some younger maidens, kind of servant <clears throat> girls, if you will. And the, the, kind of the context of this conversation is I'm at a place. I have a real commitment. Like it's, it's, it's about to be here. I'm about to, I'm about to make this thing really happen. And so these things that, that Solomon has, you know, awoken in me is okay. It's okay to, you know, kind of release those now. For you, don't mess with that until you're ready. And when you're ready is when, when, when you're about to get married. That's the context of this. Notice when it doesn't say, uh, do not arouse or awaken love until you desire. Because that might be when you're fourteen. And and I don't think you're getting married at 15. I mean, you think about it. When you awaken these very real desires that are inside of you, but you're not ready and you can't follow through, it's like this. It's like being a six-year-old and going to the car dealership every weekend. You have no money. You're in no position to buy a car. But you're going, man, in 10 years. So you go to the car dealership every weekend just jonesing. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, this is the whole thing. This is the whole premise around the stupid bachelor. And I know you all, Sean is so great. It's perfect. I know you love Sean. (laughs) But here's what's so messed up about the bachelor. Okay, let's turn this thing to hyperspeed. We're going to send you on a date to Thailand. We're going to just turn up a normal relationship, 2 million watts, you know, in the course of like a few weeks. You know, let's toy with the security of, well, I mean... He might ask me to marry him, so I guess i got to make myself available like, I'm, like, I, like that's going to happen. I better start acting like that. I mean, that's the whole premise behind it, is let's get serious really fast. It's going to be fun to see you know, this stuff happening and see which one comes out on top. That's just a cultural rule. Hey, get serious really fast. It's, it's just not a big deal. And yet God's word is saying you're, you're shopping way too early. Because there's some very real God-given desires. And if you're not at a place in a season of life where you can make those things happen and you're waking them up and they're being aroused and awoken, then it leads to some very scarring and lasting and damaging things. And you can write that off and go, Len and Duchess to his opinion. You don't answer to me. <laughs> you don't. When I speak, I'm praying over what to say and how to study it and how to say it because I love you guys and I want to see you do well in life and walk in wisdom. All right, we got to get to moving. Here's the fourth thing: uh, live for the moment. Live for the moment. Quit thinking so hard. If you want it, get it. You know, tonight we're young. You know, so let's let's set the world on fire. You. know, come on, we can do it. We're young. It really doesn't matter. This is our time to play the field, kind of screw around, mess up a little bit, and then a decade down the road, we'll be laughing. Oh, I can't believe I did that. Ah, it's funny. Because we're young. Just live live for the moment. And yet the Bible says this. Be patient. Have a vision for the future. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's not taking a credit card and going, I'll never have to pay this back. Boom, 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 boom. It's having vision for the future. Listen to 2 Corinthians 4.18. We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That's wisdom. That's biblical to look like that and to think about relationships like that. Cultural rule number five is this. Play games. Play games. um, Keep your cards close. Kind of keep this relation, keep it all a big mystery with the guy or the girl. Lead her on, lead him on, just because maybe it's a nice backup or heck, it just feels flattering. Don't be upfront about your intentions. Um, flirt around, you know. Make him think one day that you're just like this really sweet, cute little peach, and the next day reveal to him the fact that you you have horns, you know that you're really scary and kind of psychotic. You know, let's just, let's play games. Let's just keep it really dramatic and interesting like that. That, That'll be fun. Well, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, be real. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, each of you put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. To me, that's just, that's an, these are people who are being Authentic. And you're not playing all these games via text message or or whatever, or in person, you're acting this way and that way, and it's confusing and it's crazy and it's dramatic. Be a real person. Be who you are. Our next cultural rule is this. Hey, it's only you that matters. I mean, isn't that how we operate? Hey, it's only you that matters. If it's what you want, then fine. Um, If you feel the constant need to be desired or pursued uh, or if you feel the constant need to desire or to pursue, then just do it. Just do it. I mean, are we really worried about any lasting effects on anyone else? No. Why, Why be? Well, God's word says this. It's not just you that matters. Others matter. And in fact, he says it very clearly in Philippians 2. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant. Than yourselves. What if that was your philosophy, not only with the opposite sex, but with everyone you encounter? You know what? They're more significant than I am. All right, we got to move for Tom's sake, so that's where we're kind of flying here. Cultural dating rule number seven figure it out on your own, do what's best for you. Um, here's what I mean by that. You know, first of all, the first easy rule of this one is don't listen to anyone who's older than you. Because, like, obviously, you know, they don't get it. They're already married. Yeah, it's easy to be, you know, on the whole don't date or be careful with dating, you know, when you can, like, get it on whenever you want. You know, like, yeah, I'm not listening to you. You've got it. So, yeah, cool for you. So I'm not listening to that. I mean, that's one rule. I'm not listening to anyone else on it. I mean, isn't that kind of the American spirit? Hey, get out of my way. I want to do it my way, on my own, how I envision it. And the gospel says, dang, I need other people (laughs) because I realize that there's some junk in there and I really, really need others to help me figure that out. Here's what the gospel says. It says, listen to wisdom. Listen to wisdom, Proverbs 1, 8 through 9. Hear, my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants For your neck. Now listen, that doesn't even have to mean just literally your father and mother. Uh, Honestly, their advice on this stuff might stink. It doesn't have to mean them literally, but here's what it says. What are people who love the Lord and who love His words and who love you? What are they saying? What are they saying to you? Or are you so naive and arrogant and prideful that you're going, I got it. Get out of my way and I'm going to do this thing. What are people who love the Lord, love his words and love you? What are they saying? Number 8. We all know this one. I mean, this is the this is the American way. This is the American dating way. Follow your heart. I mean, how many times have you heard that in some setting or seen that? Follow your heart. What that means is follow your what are you feeling? What are you feeling? You know, in the in the Phantom Menace, back to some Star Wars action. You know, a supposed wise Jedi. He tells little little Anakin Skywalker, he's in the race, and he says, um, "Don't think, feel. Don't think, feel." And he goes out and he wins the race, and it's like, oh yeah, it's great. You know, because our hearts and our feelings and our emotions. They're really going to guide us to safety, aren't they? Safety and freedom. That's what they're hardwired to do, right? And yet God's word says, follow a wise and a loving father. That's him. And here's how he says it. First, we've been looking at this. Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Do you want to follow that? And then he says this. We read this last week. Psalm 19, 7 through 8, The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. God's word doesn't say, "Um, you know what, just follow what you're feeling, because what it says is what you're feeling is probably off. Follow what I've objectively put as a loving and a wise father. Let me close by saying this: um, the problem with man-made rules is this—they're of no use whatsoever. If I were to get up here and just go, you know what? I'm going to make up some stuff. Blah 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 blah. Here they are. Now go follow them. It's of no use whatsoever. Man-made rules, or you could call them being being a legalist. Give me a list of rules. I'm going to check them all, follow them, and then I'm good. The design of that is to not make you think. It's just, hey, go do. Don't think about it. Let's just dumb it down, and you just—you don't have to think about it. It's not a heart issue. Just go do or don't do. Man-made rules are of no use, and a lot of Christians live life this way, and a lot of Christians teach other Christians to live life this way. I'm going to give you a list, a list of do's and don'ts. If you don't do the don'ts, you're good. If you do these, you're bad. We kind of view God like that. God's sort of like a grumpy grandfather type figure who wants people to stay off of his Bermuda. You know, like, don't, don't, I don't want y'all having too much fun down there. Here's my rules. You see, when rules are man-made and given only with the end goal of just follow the rule, the human brain gets kind of creative in how we break those rules. And it actually backfires and encourages us to break them, doesn't it? I, this cartoon, this, this displays it well. Look, absolutely no machete juggling. Suddenly, I have an urge to juggle machetes. <laughs> the essence of human nature. Isn't that true? You just told me not to do it. Ugh, now I want to do it. That's just who we are. It's the essence of our nature. And Paul, he actually addresses this. I'm almost done. He actually addresses this in Colossians, and he says that man-made rules, in essence lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Friends, I want you to hear this before I close. When it comes to to godly relationships, a formula simply will not work. Only a heart that has been inclined to see God um, and his God-given boundaries and rules for what they are, uh, loving and safe and freeing and God-magnifying, The psalmist says this, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. Look, you're ultimately accountable to God with whatever relationships that you're in, with whatever relationships you're planning to be in, with whatever you're doing in the dark, with whatever you're doing behind closed doors, in the playroom, in a car, however you think about all these things, whether you agree with Landon Ditto or you think I'm just like a fun killer, an opinion, just I'm touting my own opinions, you're not ultimately responsible to me. You're not ultimately responsible to your parents or teachers. You're ultimately responsible to the God of this book, And so I'll leave you with this. Are you truly and practically seeking Him first and His righteousness? And if you are, I can promise you that all of these things will be added to you. Let me pray.